We are in such a beautiful, uh, idyllic location in Micronesia on a beach. You know, there are people who cannot see what I'm seeing right now. There are people who can't see the colors or anything else. Stay tuned today to find out how Canvasback is changing all of that. You know, I kind of like to call this section the anatomy of a volunteer. See, because Canvas Back Mission, that's what makes the whole program work is volunteers. People come from all over the country, all over the world sometimes, to join with Canvas Back to help people in need. Especially in this case, focused on the islands, Micronesia. Uh, in this specific case, Pompeii. In Pompeii, the people can make $30, $50 a month. Why do these people leave lucrative practices? Why do they leave good paying jobs at home? Why do they leave family and friends take on their vacation time and come here? We're gonna find out today. See what makes these people tick. And I think what you're gonna find is they all have a love to do something for somebody else. And in so doing, they gain so much to themselves. They, they gain an incredible blessing themselves. So stay tuned now. It's ready to see what these volunteers are doing in an amazing way. Yeah, so we are in Panape, or Panape, however you like to pronounce it, uh, Micronesia, and we are at the main hospital. Uh, and one of the things that I always remember about my last trip to Majura was finishing a long day of work and coming outside and seeing the kids and that just cheered me up and we would walk home every day and the kids started waiting for us because we had pockets full of toys. <laughs> we had chalk and they would graffiti the whole city with chalk. Yeah, I was watching you the other night. You were going down the street and you had all these little fancy balls yes. bouncing around. You attracted kids pretty Yes, rapidly. yeah, so I have some of that. Some other toys we'll be delivering to you, but <laughs> that's really fun because I like to interact. You know, it's nice to know who you're helping and, and that's important. So I wanted to go outside also because if you haven't been here, you kind of wonder what the hospital looks like. Some people wonder if it's made of, you know, uh, wood or is it a shack and I mean it's a, a, a real structure. It's just really dated and not really finished but it's functional, you know. How uh, many patients are you seeing a day? Um, so between like surgery and clinic, uh, personally maybe like 10 to 20 and uh, that's not very much compared to what we can do at home. Um, but every patient's brand new, and every patient has two eyes, and it seems like every eye has a problem. Really? Yeah. And then, uh, then you get them into the operating room, and that takes a, a few hours to do okay. day two. So that's just for you on a daily basis. So how, how many in the team now? Oh, boy, you're asking questions that I don't know the answer to, okay. but I think we're in the 20s, uh, 21 maybe. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you're doing a lot of work on a daily basis as a, as a team. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes... Uh, you know, one of the other doctors will see the patient and they have multiple problems. So you'll get a retina specialist and you'll get an optometrist, you know, or you'll get a glaucoma or cataract, you know, doctor looking at them trying to help solve the problem. Drops, dilate your eyes, there, forehead up against the pad. Okay, let's see 
Well, give me a tutorial here. What are we okay. putting on? So what we're putting on are hats. So we say don't forget to wear your hat to the party. That's to okay. prevent hair from falling. And then we also wear booties. Put this um, on top, Mike. Yeah. There we go. And what you'll notice, too, <laughs> is a lot of us try to recycle as much as possible. So I do carry my hat with me, although I thought it was done for the day, so it's a little, little beat up side. So I take it somewhere along this line as we can't go in unless we've got this on. Correct. So you'll see a red line before you go into uh, a hallway. Now, this is not necessarily a sterile hallway, um, but it is a hallway that we call clean. And then the sterile environment is when you go into an operating room where there is instruments opened up. And so you have to wear a mask when you go into those okay. places. So for here, we don't need a mask. And then I think I heard you talking about you know, scrubbing. You know, why do you kind of rub, you know, bring your arm across the water? So um, everything goes from, you know, sterile to clean to contaminated almost. So uh, this hands and so forth is the most sterile area down to your elbows, which are sterile. But after that, it's not. So all the dirt and everything washes towards the non-sterile arms. That's why you put your hand through the water like that. Why do you not touch the two hands together? You can. You can. Yeah, that's okay. But some. So, yeah, you're trying to dry them, so we're just trying to get them dry as we go out, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the beauty here of this island is incredible. Pompeii. Pompeii is an island virtually out in the middle of nowhere. The teams traveled what two days two days to get here by airline it was kind of grueling travel but they've done it a free will because you see they're all volunteers they've come here to this island the the doctors the uh, ophthalmology team the uh, dental team to help people now while it's a beautiful island the folks don't have a lot of money they, they just don't have much of anything you see it's a it's a situation that uh, while well people may make $30 or $50 a month, they can't afford a surgery that costs thousands and thousands of dollars. There are people that go for maybe, well, I don't know, 20 years, 20 years they've gone without surgery on an eye that they've needed for 20 years. In the United States, I can't even begin to imagine how that happens, but it really does happen. I want you to check it out now, just as we walk down the road here. Look at, this is just a, a simple neighborhood, but think about how could someone here afford a $10,000, $12,000 surgery? Well, bottom line, they can't. They just can't afford anything like that. But because of Canvasback Missions, Canvasback is able to provide all of this free of charge. Now, I want to share with you today some amazing volunteers, stories of volunteers that just a little warm your heart because it, it, people from every walk of life but they were touched by God to come out here on their own, leave their practices, leave their homes, in some cases leave their families, and travel out here to help these dear people. And I love the smiles of the children and everyone. They are so happy when we come. They're so excited to see the teams. And I want to share with you, we're going to, later on in the series, we're going to talk about some of these dear people who have eye surgery with no anesthetic except in the eye but they'll lay there for three or four hours and never move a muscle. It's incredible. I know you're going to enjoy this because 
It's about giving a self exactly what Jesus said to do. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel and share about me, he said. People today don't understand who Jesus Christ is. They don't understand that the God of the universe loves every one of us completely, fully, and supremely, so much that he died for every one of us. And that's exactly what we're seeing here is people who are coming and sharing Jesus with the world, sharing Jesus with the people of Pompeii, really, so that they might know who Jesus is. You realize that in reality, when Jesus came to earth, he spent the greatest percentage of his time healing people. See, for you and for me, if, if we're sick, we can't think about anything else other than being sick. And here we are now in a situation to be able to share with these dear folks Heal them first and then share Jesus Christ. And really, they see Jesus Christ in every one of us that have come on the team. So I want to thank you so much for, for watching today. And remember, Canvas Back is doing amazing things around the world, changing hearts and lives, one miracle at a time. The super teams are making an impact on hearts and lives a miracle at a time, but there's more, so stay tuned. Canvasback Missions has been changing hearts and lives in the islands of Micronesia for nearly four decades. Founders Jamie and Jackie Spence once ferried medical and dental teams by catamaran and ship across the Pacific Ocean. But when small hospitals were established on many island nations, the mode of operation changed, as did the needs of the people. To this day, however, these hospitals lack medical specialists to perform the most difficult surgeries. On an ongoing basis, Canvasback flies all volunteer super teams to the islands to conduct surgeries and to train local medical staff. Teams are usually comprised of specialists in the fields of gynecology, orthopedics, ophthalmology, ENT, dental, and others as needed. They dedicate two weeks of life-changing mission work to relieve the pain and suffering of the people. If you would like to volunteer for two weeks of life-changing work, log on to canvasback.org and follow the prompts to volunteer. Rabuti was born blind. That's right, he couldn't see at all. The entire family were his caregivers. Their lives were completely tied to the needs of their little son. The doctors at the hospital lacked the experience to provide him with surgical help. This situation continued for six long years. Making less than $100 per month, there was no way to ever afford the surgery. Even if they could fly off island, the surgery in another country could be $12,000. It looked like all hope was gone. Enter the Canvasback Super Team. Rabuti was examined and the surgery was performed. The day the bandages came off, he saw his parents and siblings for the very first time. He and the family were set free. There are more children like Rabuti who are in desperate need. You can change many lives. Please give sight to the blind. Log on to canvasback.org today to give your gift of love. You know, I, I look at all this sand, you think about this, a single grain of sand. I can't even hardly focus, the camera could probably never focus on a single grain hardly. But a single grain represents our time here on planet Earth. Bible says three score and ten. 
70 years. Now, some may live longer, some less. Here in Pompeii, they live less normally. Some of the other islands live far less than I'm fortunate to be in the United States. And we tend to live longer. But even that, even if we live 80, 90 years, there is an end. There's an absolute end. We, we all die. We all age, grow older, and die. Now, the Bible records a couple of people that God translated in a marvelous way, but for the rest of us, unless Jesus actually comes soon, we all die. But you see, God didn't create us for time. He created us for eternity. If you, if you could take those grains of sand and multiply them of every beach on the planet and all the sand under the water on the planet, that would just be the beginning. If each grain represented 10,000 years, that would just be the beginning of time. And here's the situation. Jesus came to planet Earth to die for us that we might have that opportunity to live with him forever. He said in, in John, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions or many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I, he said, go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. And there you will be forever with God. I've got to admit, I've been a Star Trek fan. I, I grew up with Star Trek. But I'm looking forward to be a real Star Trekker. You see, God says he's going to come, take us up, pick us up, and take us with him to heaven where we'll, you know, we'll spend eternity with him. How does that happen? Well, in Revelation chapter 3, verse 21, God says to those who overcome, I'll grant to sit with me in my throne. You mean, Lord, I, I used to be a drug dealer, an alcoholic, and a thief, and, and I get to sit with you in your throne? And the Lord says, yes, when you confess me and give your heart to me. Turn my life over, surrender. You know, surrender means I've been going this way, and all of a sudden I turn and I totally go that way. Different direction, new direction. And God comes in and gives me the power, because I don't have it in my life. God gives me the power to go that new direction. What I do is the choosing. Every one of us have choice. We all have free choice. And God says, choose you this day whom you'll serve. If God, then serve him. If the devil, then serve him. We only have two choices. You get out of bed in the morning, you have a choice whether you serve God or not. If you don't choose, you're already serving the other one. But Jesus said, look, I, I want to make you royalty. And that's what it's all about here is we're in royalty training. <laughs> Think about it. Adam and Eve threw away their royalty, and God says, I'm going to reestablish that royalty in you. I'm going to bring you into the royal family of God, that you can sit with me in my throne, and together we're going to rule the universe forever. I believe with all my heart there's many, many peoples, many, many creations of God that have never sinned, have never fallen. This is the only planet that's fallen. This is the only planet where God came in person to die on a cross to surrender his life to save us. All the other beings have been watching in awe and wonder to really see the amazing character of God. You know, today I invite you to see that amazing character of God. That's what Canvas Back Missions is all about, is healing people so they can begin seeing the amazing character of God. Sight is an amazing thing.
So, so what's the plan? I think you're the asking plan, The plan is, uh, I take it, we can't really cross into here until we have all of our sterile things on. Correct. So we need to have uh, boots, shoe covers, and hats. And then, Got my hat. Yeah, yes. <laughs> I like that, by the way. So uh, we're going to enter in here, and then I want to go over to the right where Sheila does our certified registered right. nurse anesthetist. Lead on. Um, is anesthetizing the eyes. Now, is this typical for uh, to have an anesthetist do the eyes, or do you use other methods if you don't, if someone like she doesn't show up? Yeah, so we're actually pretty blessed to have her here because uh, usually I'll do the numbing injection ahead of time, and that just is another time-consuming part for the doctor. So she's a numbing okay. them for us so we can keep the flow going. She also is offered to do anesthesia if we need it, what's called monitored anesthesia care, mm -hmm. and that's what we do in the States. So that means that an IV is placed and the patient is given sedation like Versed or maybe even something stronger like propofol. Uh, it's uh, a disassociative medication. So as we were talking about these patients coming in and laying on a table for maybe four hours, like a case yesterday, I mean, I don't know if I could lay on a table for four hours. I was going to say, I noticed that lady, we were watching her surgery. She didn't seem like she moved. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, she was uncomfortable, though. She was telling us that she had trouble breathing because the drape over her, and I don't yeah. blame her, but she didn't move. You're right. And that made a big difference and made the surgery much easier. So these patients aren't requiring that heavy sedation, which is really good because when you're given that sedation, there is a risk you might stop breathing and there is a risk that you know, your heart could stop. And we don't have them monitored. We don't have EKGs and we don't have pulse oximeters and, and those other things. It would cost money and we wouldn't be able to do this with just one nurse anesthetist like Sheila. Uh, we would have to have one with each patient. With and, every patient, yeah. yeah and we just yeah. don't have that staffing. Mm -hmm. So if we were at a place that the patients were not stoic and were not willing to you know, hold still through the surgery, we wouldn't be able to get the number of cases done that we're doing. Okay, so we go from here, then where do we go? So from here we go to the operating room. Now this, the hospital itself, I mean it looks like a, a decent hospital. Why, why is this team needed? Right, so it is a decent hospital and it, there's different levels of care you can give. There's primary care, secondary care, and then there's tertiary care. Tertiary care usually refers to the subspecialties and we're one of the subspecialties. Uh, we, in retina, which is my subspecialty, which technically could can even consider a sub-subspecialty because we're a subspecialty of ophthalmology, um, is, is not the most, um, we, don't, we don't have like the most common diseases that we treat um, most of the time. But here, where the diabetic rates are really high, it is pretty common. Uh, and unfortunately, it's, it's not completely treated. Uh, the conversation we're having with patients are is that, you know, we could probably fix your eye, but it's going to require two to three surgeries. Now, since the team will not be here and you have to do that, what, what happens then? Right. So, unfortunately, we're not doing those cases. Okay. Yeah. You just can't do those. Yeah. It would be higher risk than the benefit because when oil's inside the eye, you can run into problems of inflammation, pressure going up, and there's no way for them to get it removed. Yes. Oh, what's that noise going on? <laughs> yeah, that is pretty annoying. Uh, it's that pretty loud. It's pretty loud. <laughs> it's pretty disturbing too if you're operating. Um, I don't know if you can still hear me over it, but that yeah. is an air compressor. And that is one of the things that made retina surgery possible on these islands. 
And I really want to thank the retina doctor that came before me. Um, he came out to do retinal surgery and he brought everything except an air compressor. And so when he went to do retinal surgery, uh, we have to have a compressed gas to run the instrumentation, the cut rate. So when you do have a trectomy, you have to cut out this gel from the eye, you can't just suck it out. And this is on a microscopic level. So air is used with springs to open okay. and close and cut like 10,000 times a minute. These, these machines can open and cut. And unless you have air, you aren't gonna run your machine. So when he got here, there was no way to run it. So I presented this problem to a company and they put together a solution and they tested it and it worked. And they gave me the specs on what to go buy for an air compressor. And so we shipped the air compressor down here and now we're on our second island using it. So that little annoying sound is what allows you to work. It is, it <laughs> is. Yes, I feel bad when it goes off. Like there was a C-section being done last night and there's a cataract surgery being done and then we're doing a retina surgery and that causes the machine to go off every time you use the retina machine. So it's oh, wow. pretty loud and disturbing. Is this our operating room This here? is. So this is operating tune. Is that some place we can peek right now or you've got uh, something going on? We can't go in there right now. Okay. They're actually doing a cataract surgery. Can you imagine having most of your front teeth rotted out? They've been that way for years and you have no hope of relief because the area dentists don't have the special training needed to tackle such a major task. That was the situation of Senator Shelton. He heard our Canvasback super team was coming to the island and he decided to visit the clinic. Our dental specialist took one look at him and knew it would be a challenge because most of his mouth needed to be reconstructed. Our Canvasback super teams excel in the hard to accomplish category. It was a special training day for local dentists as they crowded around the chair observing. And it was a special day for the patient. When the task was finished, he looked 20 years younger. He told us his wife didn't even recognize him when he got home. Please join Canvas Back and help bring smiles back to the island people. Go to canvasback.org. <laughs> doctor's lounge. Huh? Yeah, this is the doctor's lounge. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, so. There are two chairs in here. There are two chairs. <laughs> So in this room, there's multiple suitcases, and this is not for clothes, um, this is for uh, supplies. So whether it's sterile drapes, whether it's instruments, trays, um, the hard cases have medications in so them. So you mentioned, too, do you guys bring all the? We do, because what you don't want to do is show up here and deplete their resources. Deplete their resources. Okay. Exactly, that's not fair. I mean, we know what we're doing is important, but they're doing it every day. So I wouldn't want someone coming in my house and eating all my food and leaving even if they're helping with something. Yeah. Okay, okay. So even, you know, I, I'm just thinking kind of on another level now for those people who might want to partner with Canvas Back financially. Yeah. There, there's need of all kinds of things. Even, even these aren't too expensive. No. But, but they're needed. Right. If you have 12 people using them, they're doing multiple cases. They, they deplete really fast. Yeah. Oh, probably don't have any idea how much those cost. But, I don't. <laughs> but I imagine if somebody, you know, had 50 bucks and go a long ways to buy some of these, they're, they're not made too much of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is true. And when we can, we try to do reusable things, you know, hats that we can reuse. Well, I watched you pull one out of your pocket, that, you know, and put it on and had a hole in it yeah, already. Yeah, <laughs> it's time to get a new one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, I mean, it, 
kind of amazing the amount of equipment it takes to drive what you do. It is. Uh, I start a list on my phone of things that I wish I had this trip. Uh, special dies, special tools for depressing the eye. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I thought we could make do with uh, Q-tips to kind of indent the eye when we look in, um, but they don't work that great. Uh, we use a, what's called scleral depressure, which is made of metal, and you actually indent the white part of the eye so you can see the retina in certain spots, because you can't just look in there and see it. You have to indent it to see the edges. Now I noticed, I, your son, you brought your son along. I this did. Trip. Is this his first trip or has he done some more? It is his first trip. What's what's he thinking of all this? Um, I think he's liking it. He, he is diving in and I check every morning with him to see how you're doing. Not only like mentally, but physically. Can, know, I, can I be nosy and ask how old he is? Sure, he is uh, 19 years old. 19? Yes. Wow. And he's, he's helping and assisting in surgery and... Uh, that's part of the deal. If, so I have three children, and I plan to bring each of them. Last year I brought my daughter, and this year I brought my son. And the deal is, is you have to have a skill to bring. Uh, you, know, you can learn something here, but that doesn't help us that much because we're teaching you. So he learned how to do OCTs, check vision, check pressure, check patients post-op after surgery, and that's turning out to be invaluable. Uh, one little side note, uh, we, we came here and there's a brand new machine called a Cirrus uh, OCT. No one knew how to use it. Dr. Gallen's had it for a while and didn't hasn't used it, and his tech hasn't used it. So when they get equipment, either purchased or donated, there's not a rep that shows up and sets it up and shows you how to take your first few pictures. So it'd be like us getting a piece of equipment from the future for them. You know, they yeah. just I mean, they've seen it and read about it, and but has never used one here. It's the first time. So we were just lucky enough that the machine that Cameron trained on at our office is the same one here. And so that was a blessing. He's already taught uh, Gifling, and that's Dr. Oh, wow. Gallen's uh, lead tech how to use it. And uh, just yesterday, we unboxed a camera that they hadn't used, and it's a state-of-the-art piece of equipment for photographing the inside of the retina, um, unboxed and never used because it's, it's, it doesn't come with any support. So at 19 years old, he's been invaluable to the hospital. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah hopefully. That, that, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, that is. Which, which says that, uh, you know, no matter what age you are, God can use you. That's right, <laughs> that's right. Fantastic. Then look straight ahead again. My husband and I founded the Ministry of Canvasback Missions 38 years ago to serve the island nations of the Pacific. From those humble beginnings, our medical and dental super teams have been changing lives and bringing hope to so many people. Our teams volunteer their time and resources, and all of our services are free. But it does take funding to make it all happen. That's where you come in. Your financial support is needed. Please join us in changing lives one miracle at a time. You know, if you'd like to be a part of this exciting ministry, you can write us at Canvasback Missions, 940 Adams Street, Suite R, Benicia, California, 94510. You can also log on to canvasback.org or call us at 707-746-4000.
7828. Thank you for watching. Please join me again for another exciting island adventure. Remember, Canvasback is making an impact on hearts and lives, one miracle at a time.